Big Podcast. It's the Build a Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. I'm David Hooper, and this is the podcast to help you build an audience, make a podcast that people care about, attract people to that podcast, get them interested in your message, get them spreading your message, and let you make money with that message. That's not a bad thing. You can't take care of yourself if you can't take care of other people. You got to pay your electricity bill first before you can pay theirs. That is what I'm going to help you do. If you want to really jump in, go to bigpodcast.com. I've got not only this podcast that you can subscribe to, I've got episode templates. I've got a lot of other material that will help you to build a big podcast. So go to bigpodcast.com for all of that. On this episode, I'm talking about lessons from 18 months of remote interviews. Not that I wasn't doing remote interviews before 18 months ago, because I was. But with COVID, this podcast, I've got a podcast for experts called Red Podcast, Music Business Radio, the broadcast show that I do. Everything is remote right now, trying to keep people safe. And with the radio show specifically, I want you to imagine this. It's a small room, probably, I don't know, eight by eight. It's got me. It's got the engineer. It's got the producer. Sometimes we'll have two guests in there. So you got five people in a small eight by eight room. It's just not safe. And on that show, every episode has a guest. It is never a monologue. For 15 years, every guest would come into that studio with us. Almost. Sometimes we'd make an exception. We have an ISDN line. Maybe 1% of the guests would be via ISDN. But 99% in the studio with us. We would never use anything that most podcasters use to record remote interviews. No Squadcast, no Skype, no Clean Feed, no Zencaster, no phone until COVID. When COVID hit, because of the setup that I'm talking about, the eight by eight room, four, maybe even five people in a single room, getting together in person was not an option. This show goes out all over the country. And over the years, we have had a lot of people ask us about remote interviews, but we didn't do anything except ISDN. And the reason only 1% of our episodes are ISDN is because ISDN is expensive, but it's reliable. It's always connected to a studio. So we knew that the guest was going to sound good. That's the main reason we only gave that option. But there's three other reasons that we were doing so few remote interviews. One, we are in Nashville, Music City. The show, Music Business Radio, being in Music City, we've got plenty of guests. Guests were not an issue for us. So if you can get people to come to you, why would you go out and try to work a new process? We didn't. The second thing, not only do people come to us physically, but we've got people who want to come to us. We don't have to go out and approach guests. We've got publicists. We've got artists themselves. We've got record label reps. They want to be on our show because we go out to their people. So we don't have to work too hard and make any kind of concessions. Say, well, you know, we've got Skype. However you want to do it. We can do a phoner if you want to. Whatever it takes to get you on the show. We don't have to do that. We are in charge. And the third thing, this is the big one. You lose control over your recording process when you do one of these remote sessions. As I mentioned, ISDN, those are always connected to another recording studio, maybe another radio studio. There's an engineer there, and that person can do the work that we were doing in our studio. When you're doing something like CleanFeed, Zencaster, 
Squadcast, your guest becomes the engineer, and that can be an issue. You would be amazed doing a show called Music Business Radio, where I have musicians and even engineers, people who've recorded themselves for years and are in the business of recording, but they've never done a recording from their homes. Podcasters, we take this for granted. We know how to do this. A lot of people don't. And because of that, you'll have people, well, I don't need to use a microphone. The computer's got a built-in microphone, or I'll just use my AirPods. Just got these new AirPods. They sound great. Yeah, they sound great. Mic isn't that great. Not for broadcast radio. But here we are. We're in the middle of a pandemic. People are seeing major broadcast networks doing interviews via Skype or whatever they're using. They're a lot more forgiving about sound quality because of it. And we looked at that as an opportunity. Here is the process now. This is what we have been doing for the last 18 months. First thing, we book a guest. And when this happens, we get the equipment information. For example, what kind of mic are you using? Well, I'm using AirPods. Well, we're going to let you know that's not going to work. We can give you some options, though, that will work. And a lot of people do have microphones because a lot of people, they're doing remote meetings via Zoom, via Skype. They have purchased this kind of equipment that we can work with. It's no longer, I'm going to talk into the built-in mic of my computer. By the way, I do this for my podcast. This podcast, Build a Big Podcast, I've got a guest application. You're going to fill out information if you want to be a guest about who you are, how I can get in touch with you, what your website is, what you want to talk about. And one of the things that I ask on that form, what kind of mic are you using? What kind of equipment are you using? This is something that if you've got a podcast, I highly recommend it. That one question, what kind of microphone are you using, lets you know right away if somebody is used to doing a lot of interviews or when it comes to recording and sounding good, if somebody has no idea what they're doing or maybe they don't care. And you don't want a guest who does not care about the sound quality going out to your listeners. Second part of the process, once we get that application and get people booked, Stephanie, my engineer, she books a time with the guests to do an equipment check. This basically involves her getting on the line of Squadcast or Zencaster or Clean Feed, whatever she chooses to use, and making sure that the microphone the guest will be using is connected. The guest can hear us. We can hear the guest. There's no reverb. There's no kids crying in the background. It's a good space. The guest is using headphones. We don't have to worry about echo coming back through his monitors. That's what that looks like. It can take 10, maybe 15 minutes. It's fairly easy and straightforward if you know how to do it. If you don't, she can explain it to you. And then by the time I come in, that's step three. Everything is smooth. Step three is the day of the interview. We say two o'clock on Tuesday. We will see you there. The guest logs in. I log in, producers logged in, engineers logged in, and we go. Here are the problems with this system, and there are a lot of them. The first is with publicists. There are publicists who book guests that don't do a good job of communicating to the guest how important it is that we talk to that guest ahead of time before we actually do the interview. That's the big one. Second, kind of related to this, publicists don't care. At best, they don't understand the importance of good audio, or at worst, they just want a booking. And that happens a lot. 
That's a whole nother discussion. And just to be clear, I'm not anti-publicist or guest booker by any means, but there are those whom we work with that once they get their client booked, they're done. They're done. That's not helpful to us. We can do the interview through AirPods or whatever. Maybe the guest feels like he's doing a good job. It's not good for us though. We can't put some of that stuff out. So everybody in the publicity office and the guest, they're feeling good about everything, but we're left with something we can't use. It's wasted our time. And by our time, I'm saying me, Stephanie, the engineer, Gary, the producer. Anytime somebody books with us, that's three people involved on the session alone. And you've got people scheduling promos. You've got people doing the copy for everything. It's a team that puts this episode together. It's not like it just takes an hour. The other problem situation we run into is with the guests themselves. They have gotten used to doing something another way, like using the built-in computer mic. As I mentioned, a lot of these big-name media outlets right now, because of COVID, they're letting things fly. They're letting stuff slide. The computer mic, okay, great. They're going to use it. Two tin cans and a string, okay, they're going to use it. We do not do that. And that's the issue. Somebody else has let them do something that we don't want, but because somebody else let them do it, they think it's okay. I'll have somebody say, well, can't Stephanie fix that? Isn't that her job? The answer is yes or no. My wife is a photographer, so I'm going to use this as an example. Say she hires a model for a job. Would a model show up for a photo shoot with some kind of skin rash or acne, tattoos, and expect a makeup artist or photographer to work around that? No. When you hire somebody for that job, you expect them to show up in the correct manner. That means showing up with clear skin. That means being well-rested so they can get through the shoot in a productive way. By the same token, for you, guests need to show up with a good mic and have that good mic in a quiet place that's not going to pick up the kids screaming, Cars outside, sirens, television in the next room. And that's with the guests that have experience. One of the things you're going to run into, of course, is that the guests don't know. I've got a friend on steroids. You might have seen these guys in the gym. They're working out, lifting a lot of weight. He's looking at himself in the mirror. From his perspective, which is from the front, looking in that mirror, he looked great. If you don't know this, steroids, they're oil-based. They cause bad acne in a lot of people. And this guy was the recipient of that. It was all over his back. He had no idea about it though. And he told me this story about seeing himself from the back for the first time. He's like, oh, I can't believe it. I had no idea. And I didn't look as good as I thought that I did. He's only seen one side of himself. I've heard similar stories from guys that are going bald. See a photo from the back for the first time and it's shocking to them. That's your guest right there. So these guys the guests and their agents, they ignore emails, they ignore calls, and they show up with the wrong stuff. Let me give you the solution. First of all, do not let people get away with bad audio. If you let one guest slide, you'll have people think that it's okay. You'll have a guest say, well, I heard that other episode you did. Didn't sound like that guy was in a studio. That's on you, not them. It is also on you to educate your guests. Lots of people are letting guests slide, either from an audio quality standpoint or from a general level of content standpoint. 
This is one of the reasons that people do not respect podcasts or podcasters. People put us in those same camps with those agents who just want a booking, no matter who it is, with no thought about the quality. You must educate your guest. I don't think you need to write people off. I think it's okay to give them an opportunity to get the correct equipment to do an interview with you. But if they ignore that, which means that they don't respect you and your audience, you need to move on. And this means not doing the interview. I'll give you a quick story. I had an agent reach out to me about a well-known author who wanted to promote his latest release. And his latest release was with his wife. She was a co-author on it. On her own, she wasn't interesting to me. This guy was super established. He'd done dozens of books, sold millions of copies of those books. And she was a ride-along. That's what it seemed like to me. I wasn't that interested in interviewing him unless he was on his own. I don't want to get them in there and mush it all together. It would be one of those things where it's not bad, but it's not good. It's just something in the middle. And no, I, I did not want that. So here's what I told the agent. I said, I'll interview each of them separately. That way I can get what I needed. We'll do two different topics. Each will talk about the book and it's actually more publicity for it. I would talk to him about his career and those millions of books that he had sold. I would talk to her about working with an established author, being married to him, what that was like co-authoring this book together. And they agreed to that. Here was the issue, audio. They've been doing these interviews and this is a bit inside, but you're a podcaster, so you'll get this. They had a Blue Yeti mic on the table, and they were sitting around it. So one mic on the table with the gain cranked, it's picking up everything, and they're sitting next to each other, talking into the same mic. They were sharing it. Everything was mixed to one track, and it sounded like it was recorded in a cave. They would talk over each other, somebody would laugh. I don't remember them having headphones on the videos that I saw of them doing this. This is how I knew how they were doing their interviews. So that's going to be a problem. So here's what I told him. I said, you need a better mic to do this interview with me. And that's what killed it. That was too much for them. And that's how this works. Some people want to do things their way, but if their way isn't your way, it doesn't mean you have to participate. They didn't have to participate with me. I wasn't going to participate with them. No episode is better than a bad episode. And I don't care who the guy is. If he's coming in with a big echo and a boomy room and it's normally great speaking voice sounds thin, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put my engineers or editors through it, make them do all the work that this guy could have fixed by getting a decent mic, a decent mic. I'm talking 60 bucks on Amazon, getting close to it, wearing headphones. That's completely disrespectful to the people that I work with, and I'm not going to do it. On the other hand, here's another story. I just did something with a woman who wanted to use an iPad. That doesn't work with the software that we use. So she said, okay, I've got my neighbor. We can use his computer, but he doesn't have a mic. This was done through an agent. Nobody had explained this to her ahead of time. So I'm on a phone line talking to her. My engineer is on the phone line talking to her. We're trying to figure out a way to get this woman interviewed by us because she was great, but we weren't going to interview her if she wasn't mic'd well and she didn't have a good place to do it. Explaining all of these things can be frustrating and it can make you seem hard to work with for some people. 
or maybe you haven't even done this, but you feel like people are going to have the perception that you're hard to work with. But pros appreciate you taking the time to make them sound good. This woman was thrilled. She was more frustrated at the booker than she was us. She was amazing. Long music career. We ended up getting her in a studio out in Los Angeles. We made the thing happen. She sounded fantastic and she appreciated it. Don't be afraid to educate your guest. This is the bottom line. Pros appreciate you doing what it takes to make them sound good. If somebody isn't going to work with you to make himself sound good, you're helping him out. This isn't just for you. Is that really the kind of guest that you want in your show? You don't want one of these churn and burn guys who thinks you're making widgets and all interviews are the same and you can just show up and phone it in. That's not helpful. I know some of these guys, they say, oh, I've been on 3,000 podcast interviews or some of the hosts even. And you probably met hosts like that. I've done 5,000 podcasts. I've never edited a single one. (laughs) That's easy. That's easy to keep pushing those numbers and think that you're working. That's vanity metrics, man. I don't want 5,000 podcast episodes from you. I want 10 good ones. And that takes planning. It takes pre-interview work. It takes being a good host. It takes editing. It takes mixing down things and post-production on your audio. This is not a numbers game. Yet some guests, just like some podcasters, they think that. That is another one of the big lessons that we've learned over the last 18 months with remote interviewing. I'm going to leave you with this one. This is one of the things that we've learned in the last 18 months of doing remote interviews. When we had people in our studio, they had skin in the game. We were attracting a better quality of guest. It is pretty easy for somebody to jump on a remote session, maybe too easy. And many people won't respect doing that like they would if they had to hop in a car, fight traffic, and drive to you, actually go to a studio. Those are the type of people who are committed I told this story of Dave Jackson, you know him from School of Podcasting, coming down from Akron, Ohio to Nashville. He drove about eight hours, comes down, does the show with me. We went to dinner at Baja Fresh afterwards. I remember this. Dave hops in a car, drives right back to Akron. That is dedication to a great interview. And was he prepared? Hell yeah, he was prepared. And I also showed up differently. That forced me to prepare because I didn't want to waste his time. So sometimes making people jump through these hoops, it's going to make them work a little harder. It's going to make you work a little harder and everybody has a better experience because of it. The issue that we face with remote interviews is we don't have that built-in filter that filters out all those people who aren't serious. So you can get dragged down to their standards, but don't do that. Do not lower your standards. That's a big one. Remote recording a huge opportunity. You can access more people than you would have been able to previously when you were doing something in the studio. But you're going to have to go through a lot more noise and arguably a lot more work. My engineer, Stephanie, instead of people who come in the studio and she puts a mic in front of them and does a mic check, she's got to get with them ahead of time. She's got to help them learn how to plug in a mic or talk into a mic or do something on their own that she would have normally been doing for them. That is work arguably a lot more work than somebody coming to you. But keep your standards up. Most people are not doing that right now. Most people aren't doing the work. This is the opportunity for you. You're getting better guests. And if they show up correctly and you're doing your work, you're going to have a podcast that stands out. If you found this helpful, you want more of it, 
subscribe to this podcast. I have made it easy for you. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. You will see three buttons there. One, if you're on an Android phone. One, if you're on an iPhone. One, if you want the RSS feed. It's really easy. One click is all it takes. You will subscribe. You'll never miss an episode. And I do these a lot. Also, while you are there, bigpodcast.com, I've got some great resources for you. 25 episode templates. These are going to make it easy for you to put together a great podcast episode. I've talked on this one about how much work that it takes to do that. This is going to simplify your process. You're going to have something that people want to hear, something that people spread, and something that actually helps people and makes impact. All of this is at bigpodcast.com. So go there right now before you forget, bigpodcast.com. Subscribe to this podcast. Never miss an episode. And while you were there, get the episode templates. Get my big podcast toolkit to help you grow your podcast, make more money with your podcast, spread your message, and make people care about what you do. Thank you for listening. I will see you on the next episode of Build a Big Podcast.